0: Round three. What's up, Ari? Round three. I'm ready to go. It's been uh, it's been good. Sunday night, but not ready for the week to start though. We can talk uh, about basketball we, all day.
1: Yeah, I we got a 500 piece truck tomorrow. I don't want to talk about the work week right now.
0: So uh, let's talk about something else then. What right. do we got today?
1: Uh, today we're gonna talk about the 1996 draft because we are still in the summer doldrums of the offseason where there's not a whole lot to talk about. There's a little bit to talk about, which we might get to in the next podcast, but today we wanted to talk about the 96 draft.
0: Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, our last podcast, we talked about one specific player from the past that we had good memories of and had a huge impact on the NBA. Now we will just do a whole draft class, and 1996 was a big one. It's one of a, highly considered one of the greatest draft classes of all time.
1: Do you think it's I'm I mean the the prototypical draft classes that we talk about as being the greatest are 96, 84 and 03. Mhm. Do you, do you have a preference on those three of which is the best?
0: I mean That's tough. They're all good. They're all different. Um the 84 draft class had Michael Jordan and Hakeem, two of the top 10 greatest and players. And Barkley. And Barkley. Um and yeah, John no. Stockton. And Stockton. <laughs> That's why I think that one is... I think it's... They're all good. They all have multiple Hall of Famers. I think 84 is probably still the class to beat. 2003 is right up there, too. I mean, LeBron is a top five, top ten player on his own, in his own right. And then Carmelo, Wade, and Bosh are all Hall, Hall of Fame bound, too. So, Right. But I do think it's... 96 and 03 are close, but I think, uh, especially now that the 96 class is like almost everyone's retired. Actually, everyone is already all retired from that 96 draft class. I think it's safe to say that 84 is still the class to beat.
1: Is everybody retired? Yeah, everybody is retired now. That's wild.
0: Yeah, that's Man, why. Uh, get old. Yeah, that's why it's It's, good, it's a good topic. Uh, I think Kobe was the last one to retire. One of them's already in the Hall of Fame. Allen Iverson. A couple yeah, years. Yeah,
1: Iverson's in the Hall of Fame. Well, did did Ray Allen ever officially? Re- oh, he did officially retire this past season. Yeah, he hadn't played in a couple of years, but he said he wasn't officially retired yet. So okay, uh, Ray was the one holdout from the class.
0: Yeah, one of and, them. Uh, one of them, Derek Fisher, even became a coach in the NBA and got fired. Since then, he already went through a whole coaching cycle. It's
1: yeah, he's already changed career path.
0: Yeah, it's uh, and failed.
1: at said career path.
0: Uh, that's, a, that's the last time i'll bring up that reference the rest of it will be all good vibes <laughs> for you Derek fisher
1: right yeah he, he'll be a fun guy to talk about there's a bunch of role players from this class that were really good players that we really good role players that we don't think about i mean a guy like carrie kittles is probably the 15th or 16th best player in this class and on in the, in the average draft class he'd probably be borderline top 10 somewhere in that 8 9 10 11 range that's just how crazy deep this draft was uh, speaking of '84, I think those are the only two drafts '84 and '96 that had three different MVP players. '96 mm. Nin- had Iverson, Kobe, and Nash, which combined for four total MVPs. '84 uh, had Jordan, of course, and then Hakeem won one and Barkley won one as well. Yeah,
0: it's it's hard to say. Three uh, Hall of Famers in one draft class is uh, it's extremely impressive.
1: Well, not just three Hall of Famers but three individual. Oh uh, yeah,
0: three M three unique MVPs, mostly four Hall of Famers, because you have Stockton in there as well. Right. Who was, well,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, there's probably more than four Hall of Famers in 96. Well, actually, there's if you count, uh, shoot, I'm going blank on the guy's name from the 84 draft, who was drafted, but he never came over from Brazil. Oscar, is it Oscar? Uh, oh, I can't think of his last name right now. But if you include him, it's, it's six players, because Sabonis was actually in the end of the first round of that draft too. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a Hall, Hall of Famer. Famer. So yeah, they had, that class has six Hall of Famers. '96 Iverson is already in. Ray's going to get in. Kobe's going to get in. Nash is going to get in. Jermaine O'Neal has an outside shot. Mm, oh. Yeah, there's a
0: Ben Wallace I think is a Hall of Famer. Four-time uh, Defensive Player of the Year. He wasn't even drafted in this draft class.
1: Wallace is from '96. Mm-hmm.
0: Undrafted in the 1996 draft. People forget about that.
1: Okay, so then Wallace is – I think Wallace is going to be in. Yeah. Um,
0: and then you have – so that's the thing with this draft class. There are guys that had like – didn't necessarily have like multi-all-star careers but had long careers like Marcus Camby.
1: Right. Um, well, what about for Hall of Fame purposes? What about Steph? Because if we have to include China, is, is Steph in or out?
0: I mean, Stephon Marbury, if it was just on his NBA credentials alone, I'd probably say no. Right. Yeah, I mean, what he did in China, he became a legend in China.
1: Yeah, he's still... Actually, if we're counting still playing, He's he is technically still playing over in China. Is he? Yeah, he's still he's still playing.
0: Oh, I thought, he, uh, I thought he got stepped down from that, too. Nope. Oh, okay, well, done with the NBA, whatever. But, interesting. Yeah, you're right. I guess he's still playing for a team in Beijing.
1: Okay. Okay. How- how crazy is it that the first person from this draft class to get a statue is Stefan Marbury? <laughs> Granted, it's in it's in Beijing, but...
0: No, still, still I mean... Like, he, uh, he had, like a, like, a legendary, like, finals run. Like, he put up 30, 40 points in a couple of those finals games. I think, uh, you know, averaged, like, 20-plus in China. Um, yeah, no, he yeah, had a...
1: He, yeah, like, they, they made a movie. They made a play in a movie about him. Yeah. Over China. That's...
0: Yeah, in the 2011 2012 playoffs, he played 14 games, averaged 32 points per game, uh, 3.5 steals, 5.6 assists, 4 rebounds, and like 33 minutes a game. Ridiculous.
1: We love talking about the CBA on this podcast. We love talking about the Chinese Basketball Association. Between the Yao Ming podcast, where we mentioned it last time, and now oh, this one with Steph. But, yo, honestly, though, with Steph, like, outside of basketball, I'm really glad that, like, he got everything figured out because I remember that stretch in New York where everything was breaking down and then he struggled in Boston and then he did that, like, 24-hour straight live cast from his yeah, house where he, was, where he was eating, like, Vaseline out of a jar and everybody thought that he was, like – he had really bad issues and he's turned it all around and got it figured out. So I'm – I'm happy for him. and I don't know if he's Hall of Fame, but considering we always take into account other players overseas and international um, accomplishments, I think he has a decent shot.
0: Yeah, I mean, because I'm just looking at his CBA stuff now. He's a three-time champion in the CBA, one-time Finals MVP, um, one-time foreign MVP, and then a six-time All-Star over there. So that, I think, combines what he did in the NBA. Um yeah, I think he's a uh, he's definitely you know a part of the history of the game and I, I if he were to get inducted in the Hall of Fame I you know I think it'd be a good thing yeah right. I'd have no qualms.
1: So let's talk real quick we've we've got a a fun little exercise for both of us that we want to do but before we do that let's talk about anything is there anything that really sticks out from that draft class in terms of draft night or around that time period obviously this happened. 20 plus years ago now 21 years ago but there's quite a bit of stories and quite a bit of events around that draft night the two that stick out for me are the Steph the speaking of Stephon Marbury the Marbury for Ray Allen trade where Milwaukee Mm -hmm. and Minnesota just swap picks at four and five um the other one is Kobe falling to 13 um A lot of that's surprising in terms of – a lot of people talk about Kobe falling to 13 as if it was nobody wanted him. But his agent at the time, Arm Tellum, wanted him in L.A. There was – Arm had already spoken with Jerry West about the fact that Jerry West was trying to move into the lottery or right behind the lottery to end up getting Kobe Bryant. So Arm Arm Tellum was basically having Kobe skip workouts with certain teams. I think he only worked out for Philly, Boston – um, I think he worked out for New Jersey once. But New Jersey, actually, their, their general manager at the time was all in on Kobe. And Calipari was the coach. And Calipari kind of got scared that Arm Tellum was basically going to tell Kobe, yo, if New Jersey drafts you, just stay over in Italy for a year or two and play over there. Because Kobe grew up in Italy uh, while mm-hmm. his dad, right. Jelly Bean Bryant, was playing professionally over there. So Calipari was really nervous that if they drafted Kobe that – they essentially were wasting a pick because he wasn't going to come. He, he wasn't going to come play in New Jersey. He was just going to sign overseas. So they ended up picking Cary Kittles, who had a very good career as a role player for the Nets and had an impact on that Nets team that went to the finals and then lost I mean, to Kobe. He was even
0: probably more than a role player, since he had a. Uh, I think he had ankle injuries that shut down his career as he turned thirty. So.
1: Well, he had his yeah, first. I mean, he was,
0: yeah. Absolutely not Kobe Bryant, but. Right. Yeah, his, yeah, I think his first
1: year in yet. the league, his rookie year, I think, was his highest scoring average of like 16 or 17 a game. Yeah, he had, The year after that, I think he put up 16 or 17 too. And then after that, you know, they made the trade for Jason Kidd. They brought in Richard Jefferson and Kenny Martin. He was kind of that fourth piece on that team behind those three um, when they made the, the finals run.
0: Yeah, but, no, he's – uh right. So that's the thing because I, I was only three or four years old when this draft actually happened. Um, so I, I obviously don't remember, like, actually there, being there and, like, remembering the stories of the draft. But, yeah, the Kobe one's very interesting because right now people think, oh, there's 12 teams that passed on Kobe. And, I mean, a lot of them probably did. Like, if, you know, no matter who you asked in 1996, no one would have picked Kobe first overall or top five probably even. Like, well, I know he's, he's going in, like, the...
1: Philly did work him out. I don't think they were really. ever going to pick him first, but Philly did work him out. I think of the other top five picks...
0: I know Camby was regarded I, really, really highly.
1: Right, Camby went second. And he was he was a huge yeah he was a huge prospect to possibly jump Iverson for one. Um, I th- Boston worked Kobe out to it. Worked Kobe out at six too. But I know, I don't yeah, I don't Ray
0: Allen I think was still even considered a better shoot, like a more refined, a little bit right. older, um, well, yeah, there a more proven never, scorer. Even yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, it wasn't. He was never looked at as a guaranteed Hall of Famer, and what he became, but there's been a lot of revisionist history of nobody wanting kobe and even kobe subscribes to this revisionist history where he talks about oh charlotte drafted me and charlotte didn't want me charlotte was pushing to keep kobe but kobe didn't want to play in charlotte and his agent was pushing for the move to la and then when they traded him for vladi Divok, and vladi Divok originally didn't want to go to charlotte either so he was like I'm going to just retire instead of move to Charlotte, which is kind of crazy to think about because Vlade played another six or seven years after that, and he played well. Yeah, he, he did. Retire.
0: He was part of those yeah. great Sacramento teams that yeah. almost knocked off the Lakers, yeah.
1: Yeah, but but their general manager was asked later on a few years down the road if, if Vlade would have retired, what would you have done? And they said we wouldn't have traded Kobe anywhere else. We would have stuck it out with Kobe. So even Kobe subscribes to this idea that nobody wanted him, but – There was plenty of teams that wanted him. He skipped work. His agent had him skip out on workouts, and his agent wanted him in L.A. It's
0: like the Lonzo Ball just 20 years earlier.
1: We ain't never going to go a full podcast without talking about the Balls, are we?
0: I mean, you literally just described what happened with Lonzo Ball. It's about the Lakers, too. Both guards. No. So, yeah, that's interesting. Um, I mean, as I said, this one turned out very well. Lakers got a steal, basically. You know, they traded basically the value of a 13th thirteenth overall pick and got someone that's easily within the top 13 players of all time, regardless of drafts. So, Right. Yeah. which uh, So I think that leads me, leads us to the next part of our podcast. So today, I think, to take up a lot of the time and go through some of these players more in depth, we're going to actually do a revisionist redraft of this draft class, um, go over the top 14 picks. Joe and I will take turns uh, picking as the team that was that drafted in 1996 Uh, taking turns picking guys so yeah
1: and keep in mind uh the way we we're doing this we have to just go by best available player because i really don't want to try and think about what indiana's roster looked like in 1996 and who they should take at number 10 reggie miller in terms of who fits yeah in terms of who fits the roster and whether they need a young guy who has a couple years to develop off the bench or they need a scorer right away or anything like that. So we're just going to go off best available player off of how their careers turned out.
0: Yeah, and And I think there's a little bit to some of that. There are some guys like Steve Nash and Jermaine O'Neal who took like four years to really develop into all-star caliber players. And then there are guys that, like we're talking about Kerry Kittles and uh, Sharif Abdul-Rahim that that were like putting up 16, 17 points a game. Reef Um, got
1: buckets, man. Reef got buckets buckets
0: yeah he's uh underappreciated i think and uh yeah if he were uh he had injuries that derailed him too kind of in his third like early 30s late 20s yeah
1: he had he had the knee issue with scar tissue where because they actually he was involved in a trade um from sacramento because he was on sacramento and then sacramento went to move him i want to say to charlotte i don't i can't remember who yeah and the trade ended up he didn't pass the physical because he had so much scar tissue and yeah. he was saying and he argued at that time he's like well it's never bothered me before but then he missed the next couple of years and he missed a ton of time because of that knee issue and that ended up having him retire early. Yeah, yeah, no
0: that's uh there're quite a few guys in this class that actually mostly because of injuries but like they had to kind of end their career a little bit early or they looked up phenomenal and then kind of faded out too. And then there are guys that like Ray Allen that you know, played 15-plus years at a consistently awesome level. Right. So it'll be interesting to kind of compare those guys, too. Like, when we're drafting, do we take the guys that we know will be great for 15 years or guys that have, like, a really good five-year run? And, I mean, so like some are more obvious than others. Like, I'd rather, not to spoil anything, I'd rather take Ray Allen over Sharif Abdul-Rahim easily. But
1: What? <laughs>
0: there are some guys right, even, like, man. like... Let's get it popping. Yeah,
1: let's, let's get go. It All right, Who, who's picking first?
0: You, uh, you can go first.
1: Okay, you gave me an easy one then. I'm taking Bean. Yeah, I don't even think we I, need to debate too much about
0: okay. this one. But I can, uh, since I have this open, I looked up some of these guys' old scouting reports. I guess, I mean, I don't want to go too much in depth, but I guess Kobe Bryant was compared to Grant Hill uh, when he was out of high school. They said even though he was only 17 years old, which at, at the time, like, it was not, not that many. Like, Kevin Garnett came out of high school, but not too many other guys. Um, but they said he was very mature for his age at 17 years old and he was a strong finisher so
1: the grant hill comparison is actually not bad for a young kobe mm-hmm. that's pretty young young kobe was an extremely well-rounded very good defender i mean it took him a couple years to get into that role i mean he came into the league at 17 so yeah. it obviously it was gonna take a couple years but that's a good comparison all right you're you're toronto right now so i thought a bit, a bit
0: about this one i think there are there are three. You Hall
1: thought of f- about this one? Oh, actually, you know What you know? What never mind. There actually is a decent reason to think about this. Keep going.
0: So there, there are three guys. I think that, like, between any of these three, you have to consider. Um, Alan Iverson, obviously, the one that just got in the Hall of Fame. Ray Allen, we talked about earlier, phenomenal long career. And then I'm gonna go probably against the traditional. And I think i mean If I'm Toronto and you're Canada and you have a chance to pick a guy that's gonna be a 15 year star and is from Canada. And can lead the team for fifteen years. A two-time MVP. I'm going to take the risk and take take Steve Nash.
1: I don't understand why you think that's non-traditional or unconventional, though. He was a two-time MVP. Like what? Because it took I, him like five. I feel like you feel like you have to really defend this really hard, and I don't feel like you I feel like I'm the only that one
0: that would much. take Steve Nash here. I feel like Ray Allen was had a, probably had more All-Star appearances. Probably he was he was better right away. Allen Iverson was. You know, he was the rookie of the year. He put up, like, his first five years in the league, he was averaging, like, 24 points. Steve Nash took a little bit to get started. Steve Nash defense is— Allen Iverson was never known for his defense towards the end of his career. Ray Allen was probably more solid defender and easier to build around. But Steve—I don't know. Steve Nash is the guy that—he plays well with anyone. As a phenomenal shooter. Excellent ball passer.
1: Do you think there's a— How strong of an argument do you think there is for Ray over Steve Nash?
0: feel like there's a pretty i mean i chose steve nash over ray allen right now i think so i, I, think, I, can't, there, I, I guess
1: think there's an okay argument for it but nash was a two-time mvp who in his prime was changed the game like that offense they ran seven seconds or less it was insane you could make you could definitely make an argument for Ray Allen, but I I I feel like you're defend you I feel like you feel like you have to defend this Steve Nash at number two pick really hard and I I don't think anybody would really argue this with you too much. Now granted there are some Iverson fans who probably think you're nothing. Yeah,
0: I think probably the one people most people think right away is I I'm gonna ask some people about this outside of the podcast. Really embrace the court as yours. We'll do we'll do a or. Twitter poll. Yeah, let's do a Twitter poll. I'm curious yeah. who people think would be the best pick at number two. But yeah, I I'm surprised that you were so cool with it. I mean, Steve, as you said, he's a two-time MVP. Um,
1: I mean, I would have been are... fine either way with Iverson or Nash. Yeah. All right. So moving on to number three. Yeah, it's your number I three. Then. I feel like we don't really have to explain this now after what I just said, but I'm taking Allen Iverson at number three. Okay.
0: So that seemed that was probably pretty. Like you didn't think too hard about Ray Allen if you're the Vancouver Grizzlies.
1: No, I think Ray is a phenomenal player and I think there's at least some argument to be made there. And honestly, man, I might talk myself into Ray Allen right now. Uh oh. No, I'm sticking with Iverson. That said, Iverson's game is very complex to evaluate. Yeah. Based on the fact that Iverson himself wants wants to be a extremely high usage one man wrecking crew. Which is fine, but like it's very hard to build a team around that. That said, because the way we're doing this draft is just best available player and best career, I would take Iverson's peak over Rays slightly, and I think not necessarily that Iverson had a better career. I mean, it was shorter, and the end was a lot rougher than Rays, but yeah, I wouldn't make a hard argument for Iverson having. I wouldn't make a hard argument. I don't think it's that big of an issue to say Iverson had a better career than Ray.
0: Those, and that's the, I think that's what I was talking about before the draft started. Like when you pick the big, great short-term periods versus like the kind of longer, more consistent career. Like that's probably a strong debate for that.
1: Yeah, but it's also it's not like Iverson's career was his dominance was very short either. No. I mean, he came in the league as a wrecking a one-man wrecking crew and basically was- from there up through. Um, all the way he was still playing at a high level when he was in denver yeah not, that's not quite as as yeah not yeah. quite as high as as 01 or 02 but
0: okay no i, I understand that too like Valison uh yeah averson uh, allison i mixed up whatever but <laughs> you know you,
1: you think about a girl named allison right now you got I not actually
0: I, <laughs> no so that's fair yeah they're uh yeah. So I guess now I can move to my fourth pick. So technically what happened with this uh 20 years ago was Milwaukee had this pick and then they traded it with Minnesota um for they traded it with Minnesota for that pick and then a future first round pick. Um I, whatever. I think it doesn't matter too much for this. But if I'm Milwaukee, I'm going to pick uh, Ray Allen who's what who Milwaukee ended up trading for, but we we kind of went over the debate with all those three guys. Ray Allen had a you know multi multi-time All NBA player, long career, one of the great, ended up being one of the greatest shooters of all time, uh, great defender too. For me, it wasn't a question. Won a champ, won a championship, won two championships. One when he was pretty much in his prime. So yeah, for me, it was pretty easy. Ray Allen at four.
1: Okay. Yeah. I have no no argument there.
0: No. This
1: is where it gets a little bit easier. Or a little bit, not easier. This is where it gets a little bit tougher. I feel like the first four were pretty easy. I don't think anybody was going to make an argument against Kobe at one. And then after that, there was three guaranteed Hall of Famers after right. that. So there was going to be... I think the top be... four is
0: pretty easy, yeah. Right. In whatever order, but...
1: Okay, so now are... I have to make the next pick at five. I'm going to go... Man, I've got two guys in my. I've got two guys I'm thinking about right now. I All hope
0: right, you. On. I hope you pick this person so it makes my uh, six pick a little bit easier. But go ahead, you got it.
1: All right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with Peja. Ooh, good pick. I'm go with Peja. Yeah. I think. I. I think people forget how good he was. Not just. We we always remember how good he was of a shooter. I don't think people realize he was also very good off the dribble. Not a great defender, but not not terrible. He was overall he was a very high caliber player. Uh, but for me, it was between him and Jermaine O'Neal. Um, I'm still having second second thoughts about not picking Jermaine O'Neal right now, but hmm. I think yeah i think you're you're holding on to ben wallace i think is the guy you're holding on to but yeah i don't have a lot to say about the pager pick other than i i think outside of his shooting he's an extremely underrated player he's a very mm-hmm. underrated passer that's something to be said those yeah. those early 2000 kings teams as a whole were phenomenal passers Vladi Divok was a one of the best passing bigs of the past 20 years chris weber's always been an amazing passer Peja was an underrated passer so they're yeah. they're they're three they're they're big men from small forward through center were all great passers
0: no that's a I think that's a really good pick I had Peja he was number I made it a little board for myself he was number six on my board so I didn't have him much after
1: I'm excited so. now to see who's five if it's Jermaine or Ben Wallace for you
0: oh for me you already know you called it earlier for me it's definitely Ben Wallace.
1: Over Four, Jermaine,
0: yeah, four-time defensive okay. player of the year, multi-time All Defense. On offense, I mean, he wasn't a great offensive player, but he was efficient on offense. You know, he did what he was supposed to, racked those offensive boards. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I mean, he was a horrible free throw shooter, and that could be a liability. But playing in the half court, I don't think he was. I wouldn't consider him a strong liability. I mean, he was a champion. He won you know a championship, made it to another finals. Um, you no, know, he's a he's a he's a great player. High energy, definitely someone you want on your team too to help build a culture around. So, and that even for this redraft, that's something that's a consideration for me. So, yeah, okay. for me it's it's Ben Wallace.
1: Well, Ben at six, that leaves me with Jermaine at seven. Okay. You got any tidbits you want to share on Jermaine?
0: Jermaine's an interesting case too.
1: So. Well, Jermaine came into the league really young as well, and Jermaine was on those Blazers teams that were already really heavy and really talented at big man position. So he kind of just had to wait his turnout for a couple of years, you know?
0: Yeah, the Blazers, that's, he, yeah, he, he was, he barely, I think, cracked like 10, 15 minutes a game when he was on the Blazers. And then when he went to Indiana, they gave him playing time right away, and he won most improved player the year after that and then became a six-time All-Star. So, yeah, him at his prime is probably a lot better than any of these guys you would have picked after so
1: right y'all and jermaine had arguably the greatest punch of all time i've ever seen and that malice at the palace like when was, that fan came on the court and tried jermaine and jermaine just wasn't going for it mm-hmm. that was insane that was he looked like he was just straight up an mma chuck liddell what's that the superman punch is that what liddell used to yeah, call yeah it? The
0: superman that's punch. what
1: that's what jermaine did to that fan who was dumb enough to try to step on the court and try to instigate. Yeah, I would not mess with Jermaine O'Neal. No, no, I would not either. No,
0: he's uh, yeah, no, he's a he's a tough dude, big dude. He uh, yeah, he did he did great. He he was he got blocks too. He was yeah. a shot blocker. Yeah.
1: yeah, he had. I think he averaged just under two for his career per game. His two yeah. blocks a game. I think his high was. Two, right around two and a half or two point six two point7 which is pretty good uh yeah he solid defender very solid yeah. defender
0: yeah so no solid pick I like it played a while too didn't retire until yeah. not too long ago well though,
1: so. yeah I'm looking at his I'm looking at, I just looked up his numbers for Portland his mm-hmm. four his four seasons in Portland he averaged four points a game 4 point5 5, 2 point5 5, three point9 on let's see, how many minutes per game. He never averaged more than 12, 13 minutes a game. Was exactly. The most ever averaged. That's pretty crazy to think about how good his career was after his four, first four years in the league. He just really couldn't get off the bench.
0: Yeah, not a lot of guys do that. Most of them just end up fading out after that. So That's it. That's probably a testament to him, too. So
1: right.
0: Yeah, you got a good pick. All
1: right, All right you're right.
0: up. My eighth pick, uh, I'm going with the guy we talked about a bit earlier, Stephon Marbury going to the nets
1: okay
0: okay he's uh i think this is a good time to pick him i know he was a little bit volatile at some points he like when he was on minnesota he was playing really well but then requested a trade to the to the nets so yeah but he was a uh, he was a multi-time couple time all-star
1: did he request the trade to the nets or did he just ask out of minnesota you remember I think
0: from what i understood is he asked out of minnesota um, I don't know if he requested specifically.
1: Yeah, I I I know he asked out of Minnesota. I guess I don't I don't think he requested a specific spot, but maybe I'm wrong.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. I might have misspoke, but yeah. But I mean, he's you know he's an extremely talented player for about eight ten years. Was a all star caliber talent, phenomenal passer. Great yeah, he sport. was
1: a really good player, and he was a top player on a couple playoff teams. He was not great playoff teams, obviously. I remember the year uh Amari Stoudemire's rookie year they were the eight they were either the seven or the eight seed and they went up against San Antonio and they actually upset him in game one because Amari hit a game-tying three at the end of regulation a bank <laughs> three and oh, wow. then in overtime out or I about said Allen Iverson <laughs> Stephon Marbury gets gets the ball a couple seconds left passes half court gets to a three-point line and hits a one-legged three-point runner um i just that that memory that's my favorite Stephon marbury memory just from the fact that i remember we were in chicago when that happened at a, and we were staying we were visiting family we were staying at a hotel and i stayed up till like five in the morning just watching the espn replay of that over and over all night how crazy that shot was
0: yeah no that was a fun phoenix team because they had like joe johnson on that team right yeah joe sean marion and
1: amari was joe on that team yet I don't remember what Joe when Joe's rookie year was. I think yeah. Joe was on that team, but I'm not positive.
0: I mean, he was. I think well, maybe only a real player at that point.
1: But yeah, yeah. Well, I remember Joe's last year in Phoenix. He was absolutely amazing, and I mm-hmm. it was a bummer. It was a bummer for Phoenix. They couldn't keep him because if they could have kept him when they had Nash, Marion, Amari, um, oh, and yeah. a couple of the mm-hmm. other guys they had, it would have been. Oh
0: had, yeah, especially at that time, they that, fe-
1: that Phoenix team had so many title opportunities. That, yeah. You know, things, luck, and injuries, and health, and everything. Just, it's tough to win a title. Yeah. All right, but we're getting off track talking about Joe Johnson. No, He's that's, not that's that's another, yeah,
0: that's, an, that's an, maybe another podcast. That that Suns team, what could have, and some of those guys from there. That'd be fun. But now we got the draft. You're, you're number nine. You're the Dallas Mavericks. What do you got? The
1: Dallas Mavericks. So I'm looking at right now, guys, at the top of my head, that could possibly fit here: Marcus Camby, Reef, Twan. Um, Zajunas Ogalskis. Those are, I think, mm-hmm. the four guys I can think of right now that would really fit here.
0: Those are the top guys I have on my board and All I'm right. looking at... Yeah.
1: those four. I think I'd go Reef, honestly. I think Reef gets a bad rap in terms of he was never... It, it took him a long time to make the playoffs. It wasn't until the mid 2000s when he was traded to the Kings cuz he was always on those really bad Vancouver Grizzlies teams but i mean he was just drafted into a really tough situation and they never really yeah. had a whole lot of talent around him no
0: yeah i wouldn't blame that on him like that that Vancouver team he was he, he, when he was drafted he was the star from his rookie year putting up like expected to put up like 20 points a game, 8 rebounds like he had to do a lot in that on that Vancouver team like yeah. they, they, their other star was like Bryant Reeves Right, big country Reeves. Big country. So, I mean, you know, it's. I think people sometimes in general, some players get too hard of a rep for having to be on those tough teams, but teams that aren't that good. But then, no, he he was talented for sure, especially at number nine. That's a great pick.
1: Yeah, I mean, it says a lot about how deep this draft was, that a guy who had like three or four years in a row of basically putting up 20 and seven is the ninth best pick. Yeah. that's crazy. I know he had, yeah, he had, his his first year in the league, he averaged what, like 17, 18 a game? And 19. Then 19 a game?
0: 18.7 18. points per 7. game, 6.9 rebounds, two assists, a block, and a steal.
1: Yeah, and I think after that he had, what, five or six years in a row of 20 points or more?
0: Yep, literally uh five, seven, pretty much seven in a row where he had 20 or more uh, between Vancouver right. and Atlanta. Um, yeah. He only made one All Star game, but I, I I think that's that's not fair to him. He had a, a couple of he was he averaged twenty and ten one year. Yeah, twenty three at one points one year. So no, very talented. He his career got you know it ended a little early because of injuries. Yeah.
1: Well, he's but, a guy too. Uh, we we wish we could have seen on better teams earlier in his career to see what kind of impact he would have on playoff teams, but it just yeah. didn't turn out that way.
0: Yeah. So all right, number ten, okay. you're up. Number ten, I'm going with Marcus Camby. It's, okay, uh,
1: good pick. That would know, be my next one.
0: Yeah, he's uh, he was picked number two overall, and I guess he didn't, especially in this draft, he didn't live up to those expectations. Toronto traded him pretty quickly too, but I mean, he was in a phenomenal defensive talent. Offensively, he was very good as well. Actually, like he wasn't an elite scorer, but he, you know, he was efficient. Um, you know, he put up about 10, 12 points in his prime. Um, he was known, one of the big things, I guess, coming out of college for him was, like, he was, he was a good passer for a six-foot, eleven, seven-footer.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so, no, it's, yeah, I like it, number 10 especially, he had a pretty long career, too, so.
1: He was pretty influential, too, on that Knicks team that made the run to the finals. Yeah. What would that have been, his second year, or his third year in the league? It was his first year in New York, Yeah.
0: Yeah, he was mm-hmm. in Toronto for two years, so maybe it was his third year then. Then in 98-99, right? Yeah, when yep, he played the that's Spurs. When they,
1: they were the eight seed, yeah, they were the 8th seed and they made a the run. Yeah,
0: so, yeah, no, he was good, and then he got better after that too, even. So, so I think, yeah, because what I remember him most from Denver, uh, when he won the Defensive Player of the Year, and that, those Denver yep. teams with AI and Carmelo were, like, really, really good. So, that's what yeah. I remember him.
1: Yeah, that was probably his best his best stint on one team ever. Yeah.
0: But all right, so pick number eleven. You're the Warriors. In real life, the Warriors picked Todd Fuller. I do not know who that is.
1: You don't know who Todd Fuller
0: is? Sounds familiar.
1: Tall white guy, like reddish hair. I think he played for the Sixers for a little bit. Um, I'm not positive. Did he play for the Sixers? I think uh, he did. I think he did, but maybe I'm wrong on that. No, he
0: never played. At least never played for the Sixers. Never played a game. Oh,
1: I'm thinking of Todd McCulloch, maybe. But I do. <laughs> you're know you're criticizing
0: t- me for not knowing this guy. I do
1: know who Todd Fuller is. I okay. do know who he is. I just don't remember what team he played for. Outside, I think he he played for Charlotte too, right? I think Golden State yeah, and yeah, Charlotte. Yeah, he did play
0: for Charlotte. Golden State, Utah for a year or half a year, maybe even just a game or something, and then Charlotte
1: okay. and then Miami. And oh, then he played in Miami. Carolina. And then, year, yep. then he went overseas, then he took the overseas trip. Yep. Alright, so at eleven, I'm gonna go the two guys that really stand out still of the last four we mentioned are Big Z and Twan. And man, I don't wanna say this, but I do. I'm taking I'm taking Twan. Hmm. Taking I'm taking Twan.
0: Antoine Walker had a very interesting career. I probably said that it, about someone else too, but he was uh technically a power forward but he would uh he'd always try to play in the perimeter he was a chucker
1: he he would he, have a lot, 20, he, he put, would have been a lot better in today's game than he is now or than he was back then, but he was still a really good player he was a high volume player a sometimes very inefficient high volume player
0: yeah but that's he, the thing with him and me like i don't it's a little bit too like high volume i feel and too inefficient but he was a three-time All-Star. There was one year he put up like twenty-three points per game with Paul Pierce.
1: Right, and even when he was later in his career too, when he was a role player, like with that Miami team, he won the title with. Yeah, he was a good player. Again, he he was a very high-volume player, and that at times led to extreme inefficiencies. But. He,
0: so that yeah, that's the thing. Because in real life, he was picked sixth overall by Boston. I mean, I don't think they regretted that pick, but I think that was maybe especially seeing some of those other guys that we picked earlier. Are safer picks, but I think at 11, if you're redrafting, like you want like someone that's gonna put up 20 points per game, and be willing to shoot and take take charge in a game at 11, that's yeah, most teams wouldn't complain about that.
1: Yeah. Well, he made the All Star game his second year in the league too. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah, impressive. I remember he made three. It was early in his career. Yeah. Uh, he uh, what was I gonna say? Yeah, he retired early too. Like I think he retired right after that heat run or not long after that or he was out of the league by then but probably only had like 10-11 years in the league
1: so Uh he played I think he played two years after that heat run I think
0: well yeah point is shorter career than a lot of the other guys that we've seen
1: yeah two, two things about Twan's career really stand out one is he had the one year in Dallas, and for whatever reason, that was the year Dallas had those hideous silver jerseys. And I, every time those jerseys get brought up, it's always a picture of Antoine Walker in the jersey. It's never any other player that they had on their roster in time. It's always Antoine Walker. The other the, the other thing that sticks out is uh, when he was asked why he shoots so many three-pointers, and he said because there's no fours. Yeah, I remember that quote. Right. That's uh that's one of my favorite NBA quotes of all time. All right. He's joined the Big 3
0: league. Now they that's, have fours that, in there.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you would be the perfect player on there, in there. <laughs> and that's like that if, I don't know if you've watched any of the Big 3 games, but like I've it's, seen a few. it's just a ton of one-on-one play for the most part. It's yeah. so like Anton Walker would be perfect. He could just <laughs> he could just chuck fours from 30 feet out. Yeah, there you go. And then when somebody asks why you shoot so many fours, you could just say it's because there's no fives.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. He'd have to. That'd be, be- that'd be beautiful. Alright. With the uh, the twelfth pick, then I'm going with the other guy that you menish- you mentioned, uh Elgauskis. Okay. Very long, solid career. He was pretty good too in his prime. Like he was he he made an all star game. Yeah. Um he was he probably was, he was
1: very efficient. He was Yeah. He was somebody who, watching him, it always felt like he was going to, he always killed your team, but it was always in the most efficient, like, it was in a way you didn't even notice until it was the fourth quarter, and you're like, wow, he's really on the bike. The box score looked
0: like he barely misses, yeah, exactly. He was probably the second, he was, I would say, the second best player on that Cleveland team that made it to the, I know that Cleveland team that made it to the finals and lost to the Spurs in four, is like, that was just LeBron, he did everything as like a 23-year-old, but Oh, was a very solid player. Like, and he was probably the second best player on that team that made it to the finals. And that's saying something.
1: Was Mo Williams on that team?
0: Nah, I don't think he was on the team yet. I, I know, know
1: Booby Gibson was on the team.
0: Oh, I definitely remember Booby Gibson.
1: Right. Yeah, that team was rough. That team was rough.
0: Yeah. Yeah, to say the least. But here I'll see the team, the starting lineup, Larry Hughes was on that team.
1: Larry, okay, that's who it yeah. was.
0: Larry was solid too. Um Larry, Braun, Ogowskis, Drew Gooden, and Sasha Pavlovic. And then Booby was like Booby was there too. Danielle Marshall, Anderson Very. <laughs> wow,
1: that's a bad team.
0: Yeah. Definitely not a championship team, but you know, he was a that,
1: he team, made that team made was. the finals. That's in that's insane how good lebron was for that team to make the finals
0: yeah he was only like 23 24 at the time that's it's insane for sure so all right pick number 13
1: 13
0: this is your last one and then i'll do one more and then
1: all right so with who's left you want me to give you a small list I well here let me let me list off what I've got right now that I'm thinking of and then you can add any that you think should be in there. So we mentioned Cary Kittles.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Eric Dampier went in the lottery in that draft. He at least had a somewhat long career as a role player. Yeah. Derek Fisher. Yep. Tony Delk was an okay role player for a short period of time. Walter McCarty played for a little bit. Um. Malik Rose, I think, was a second-round pick.
0: Malik Rose, yep. He was, that's a good call. That's... Um, Samaki Walker played in the Lakers a couple years. Okay, he,
1: okay. he's not going to be my pick, but, no, he did, but he did have a couple years as a somewhat decent role player for L.A. during the title runs. Uh,
0: JYD, Jerome Williams, Lorenzen Wright was a top-ten pick at the time. Chucky Atkins was undrafted. Yeah, Chucky was some, Atkins
1: was in that draft. I did not know that. He was See, undrafted, there, but yeah. There were some really interesting players in the second round of this draft.
0: Yeah.
1: Malik Rose, Chucky Atkins didn't get drafted. Ben Wallace didn't get drafted. Moochie Norris was in this draft. We Mucci Mucci mentioned, We mentioned Moochie last podcast. <laughs> I think Shannon Anderson was in this one. Um, so yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with. So Carey. this is also
0: the Laker, the Kobe pick too. This is where Kobe was picked in the real world. So.
1: So I'm just gonna swap him and go with Carrie.
0: Ah, there you go. I
1: don't. Yeah, I. I I think it's probably between him and, Derek Fisher, for this last one, for me anyway. And I think I'm going Carey. Although, yeah, I'm gonna go carry. I'm gonna stick with Carey.
0: Yeah, I mean I think that's a good pick. Carrie Kittles. Talking about one of the best players on a team that made the championship, he was probably probably the third or fourth best player on that New York yeah, New Jersey, I'd say New say was Jersey Nets team. Yeah,
1: I'd say he was yeah. best.
0: the two Nets teams that made it to the championship. So yeah. no, he was. Yeah, I mean,
1: actually, averaged, did, did those teams did those teams have Keith Van Horn, or did they traded him by then?
0: They at least one of them did. Okay, I,
1: I, I, I think they Van traded Horn's him after the first run. I'm not positive, but I can't remember.
0: Yeah, no, that was, uh, We're that was so a. We're so old. Team. Yeah,
1: such a long time ago.
0: That's why I like doing this redraft because I feel like we we started, we grew up and started watching a lot of these guys in their prime. Right. So it's nice to kind of reminisce on that now that they're all retired and heading for bigger and better things. Or if your Marbury you're still bar- falling out. Yeah. Um.
1: If your Marbury yeah. you're getting statues and movies made about you while still playing.
0: Yeah. All right. So my last pick is the guy, the other guy you mentioned, Derek Fisher. Um. Eric Dampier, I think, deserves some credit. He was a he was a starter for some really really solid teams, like those Mavericks teams, uh, with Dirk Nowitzki. But, I mean, Derek Fisher is a five-time champion. He also started on all those championship teams. Um, definitely someone you wanted your team. And if you can get someone like a winner like that at 14 that can do a bit of everything at the point guard position, I'll take it.
1: Okay. No no argument here. I don't feel like we had a lot of arguments to have really. I thought
0: I'd get a little bit more flack for picking Steve Nash over Allen Iverson.
1: I, I no, man, I, he's a two-time MVP. I I probably would have went Iverson, but actually, no, I don't know. I don't know. I'm glad I didn't have the two pick. I'm glad <laughs> you gave me the easy one and just take Kobe at one.
0: I wanted you to have Kobe. I know you you grew up with them. I feel like you had to kick it off.
1: Oh, you're a good man, are you? So Damn, speaking good. now that that's done, speaking of Kobe, uh already knows this person, my buddy Richard. Yeah. Yeah. So Richard yeah.
0: Richard, what's up?
1: Yeah, so I wanna have Richard on this podcast sometime because Richard literally knows nothing about basketball. Like I'm I'm dead serious right now when I tell you I had a conversation with Richard about Michael Jordan and he said he couldn't tell you what Michael Jordan looks like. Wait really? I'm like dead, that I'm, much no like, nothing? I, so this was this was a long time this was I don't know, probably half a year ago he asked me if I could drop him his sister and his mom off at the airport real early in the morning one morning. And I'm like, "Yeah, that's fine." And we're talking in the car. And we're talking in the car and he, yeah, we're talking about basketball cuz his his I think is he was telling his mom I'm really into basketball. And he said something his his mom said something about Michael Jordan and Richard "Dead Serious" could not pick Michael Jordan out of a lineup. I'm not sure Richard could tell you how, like, whether Michael Jordan is white, black, short, tall. Like, I honestly don't know. So I just want to have him on here to talk about what players he does and doesn't know. Because I—that's go- <laughs> the entire like, podcast. I well, I think he, he could—he could be a small segment at the end. But I think he only knows two players ever, like Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan. And I'm not sure he could describe. <laughs> like- I'm not sure he could describe either of them and get even close to what they look like. That could be fun. I I, I told him the other day. I was with him and another buddy, Mark, about Richard, I want to have you on the podcast to talk basketball because you know nothing about it. And I asked him if he could name another player other than those two. And Mark kept whispering to him, Steph Curry. And Richard was like, Curry? Like, that's a food. (laughs) Like, he he doesn't know who Steph Curry is. He doesn't know who LeBron James is. He has no idea. And in fairness, I – in very, 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 very slight fairness, it's still not good, but, like, Richard was born in Indonesia and then lived in Japan, but, like, people from Indonesia and Japan know who LeBron James is, or Steph Curry is, you know what I mean?
0: They probably know it in Indonesia, yeah, he's been living here at least, like...
1: Yes, and Rich that's the so, thing, too, is Richard's been here since, like, seventh grade, probably, and he's now 23, 24. Yeah. So he's he's been here since he was, like, 13. You
0: can't like. I feel like I can't watch the news without hearing about LeBron or Steph, or Kobe. He, for definitely not Jordan. Yeah, that's growing up in Illinois.
1: And you know what the funnest. The funniest part of it too was the first time when I was in the car with his sister and his mom. So his mom grew up in Japan, and mm-hmm. even even she was like, "You don't know who Michael Jordan is. You don't know what Michael Jordan looks like." Like his own mom was surprised that he didn't know what Michael Jordan looked like.
0: Yeah, that's. Oh man, I. I'm I'm curious how that podcast is gonna go. We uh, yeah, let's do it.
1: So we'll have him on. He'll actually be fun too if we like explain deep analytics and stats to him because he's, that's what he you know that's he teaches at the community college. Yeah, yeah. Part well, of what he's he does a PhD, stats, right? So. Yeah,
0: or he has a master's. So yeah. He,
1: so uh, I'm excited. He'll be one of our first guests.
0: All right, the court will be yours, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> We need a catchphrase, right? So right. Just
1: the core will be yours. Oh my god! <laughs>
0: <laughs> every every great uh podcast or show needs a catchphrase.
1: Oh so. god, that was terrible. <laughs> <sighs> all right.
0: I'm just trying to get listens. That's all I'm going for. Exactly.
1: Hey, speaking of that, you know how, you know how the first time I told you about this podcast, we had like two listens.
0: Uh, uh two hundred maybe two thousand. <laughs> I, I don't.
1: I live in my That's own cloud. Big big ballers only over here. Big
0: ballers home. No, okay. So okay, yes. so yeah,
1: I told Ari we only had like two listens, right? And then I told you I texted you about the girl Claire, my friend Claire, who she texted or she sent me a Snapchat saying she was listening, and then she tweeted about it. And I checked SoundCloud, and we had like thirty. We had like thirty listens. So shout out Claire for that. Oh, whoa, I think we went from, we, we went from like 2 to 30 in a couple of days, which was pretty funny. And I'm pretty sure of the two, one of them was from you listening because you're not signed on to the SoundCloud account. So I think one of the two was you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know what? I'll help promote it too. I haven't been helping to promote the last two, but uh, right. I feel good about this one. I'm not going to
1: team on my back.
0: I, I got you. I, I was a marketing major. This is my job. It's not my job. Why
1: am I the one promoting it? You're the marketing major. All right. All right, man. Let's sign off. We talked about everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was a good podcast, as I said. I'm down to do another one of these redrafts for a different draft one of these days, so they're fun.
1: Yeah, cool. Yeah, it was a good good podcast. Uh, Everybody that's listening, even if that is only two people like it was before Claire gave us the shout-out on the last one, thanks for listening and we are trying to actually get guests on here hopefully richard will be on one of the next ones and we'll get some other people who actually know what michael jordan and kobe bryant look like to get on here as well so i
0: just came up with a really cheesy advertising slogan but i'll hold it to myself
1: okay share it with me when we sign off right now we'll do all right thanks for listening yep thank you goodbye all right i need-